left, right. In this episode, we share some of the most profound shower thoughts. And I get schooled by a trans person correcting me on our podcast two episodes ago about trans and uh, our opinions and whatever we thought about uh, trans and, and the current conversation about trans people. So I don't think we were derogatory or saying anything mean, but we did have a person that wanted to school me. So we'll leave with that and I'll let you uh, enjoy watching me get destroyed. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 All right, welcome to Sip Talk, episode 219. My name is Justin DiGiulio out of my basement in New Jersey, joined by James, the Bosnator, Boswell, procurer of accounting services, professional referee, professional bartender, philosopher, philanderer, philanthropist. He's, he's, he's got all the pH. He's got all the pH words. He is joining us from sunny South Carolina as the sun sets on his day. James, how's it hanging? Things are good here. It's warming up in South Carolina. We had like a tropical storm last weekend, which totally ruined uh, Memorial Day. Oh, shit. Um, well, it must be really getting pretty hot down there in sunny South Carolina, right? What's, what was the temperature today? Uh, it's not hot yet. It was only like 80 or 81. Okay, fair enough. Um, so I do want to announce, since we have a couple people watching us live, that at the end of this episode, so you got to stick around to the end, but we are running a, a contest today. Um, one lucky listener is going to win our choice of the following. A $2,500 Amex gift card, a flight to New York City, uh, with a two-night all-expense-paid stay in a New York City Midtown Hotel, or a one-year subscription to Sip Talk Podcast. So <laughs> we get one listener to stick around to the end of this podcast. We will be giving our choice of the, the previously mentioned prizes away, and uh, you, know, you will not regret this. I promise you, you will be one happy uh, Sip Talk Podcast subscriber. So uh, today, we are talking about, well, we're going to do a little... Correction, we just did a trans podcast two episodes ago, 217, which is now live on YouTube and any audio podcast platform. Just search Sip Talk. And we actually got kicked off air. Something that we said, we got shut down on TikTok. And I think we got shut down on either the Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, or uh, YouTube stream as well. So if you're watching us, by the way, on Instagram or TikTok, we can't see your comments, so my advice is jump over to Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube, and we can see you on those platforms. You can interact with us. We can read your comments. Um, but we got kicked off because apparently we said some stuff we shouldn't say, so we're going to lead the podcast today with some corrections from a mutual friend that James and I have, who is a trans person. Uh, James is closer with this person, but... Uh, them and I have a you know, history, we've been friends for a while um, through school and through uh, high school sports. So we're going to lead with that. And then we're going to talk about the great Reddit thread called Shower Thoughts, which everybody has these kind of crazy uh, deep thoughts in the shower. And for whatever reason, there's an entire thread that could go on probably for ages. And some of those thoughts are pretty interesting. And obviously the way that Reddit works is the upvoted thoughts appear on the top. So we will uh, we'll discuss kind of the most popular shower thoughts of the moment. So, James. Uh, All right. Actually, so here, I got to ask. Corrections. Oh, what am I drinking tonight? What are you, what are you drinking? Um, I am working through some of the backlog of alcohol purchased over the last week. Um, so I am drinking a shock top tonight. Oh, shock top. Very nice. I'd like a nice shock top. I'm going to have a little bit of wine here. I notice uh, I haven't been drinking too much wine lately, so I guess I got to get back into it. They say it's good if you have one glass of wine an evening, and it's been a couple of weeks since I've had any wine at all, so I'll just drink a bottle. Yeah, backlog. Yeah, well, I mean, got to catch up. So uh, I'll let you lead here. All right, so here are the corrections per our friend. 
um, the first one in reference to my discussion of the CPAC speaker saying that the trans identity needs to be eradicated. Um, they say that the Nazis did, in fact, try to wipe out the uh, BLT plus community in addition to the Jews. What is so BLT to me plus? Did you say BLT plus community? Yeah. And this is not the LGBT. No, it is, it's the same. I just I, BLT rolls off the tongue a lot easier. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that's fucked up, dude. Because um, <laughs> I thought there was really something to do there. Uh, all right. So go ahead. Um, in addition to the Jews and other groups. And I think that like, part of why I mentioned what the CPAC speaker was saying was to say, like, hey, this is just like what the Nazis were doing. Um, the most famous footage of a Nazi book burning is the, of the materials of the Institute of Sexual Science, which was conducting research on gay and, and trans identities and working with, their, with patients. Their, life, uh, their library contained info that they had gathered about the BLT identities, and a lot of that was lost because the Nazis burned it. So that was a correction for me. Um, they go on to say, my other corrections are for Justin. All right. Apparently, there's, there's quite a few. So I would just like to, of course, I'm being corrected. So this is a great preface uh, in my defense. But one person's perspective, and I don't know what this perspective is going to be, but I just want to preface with the fact that we and you and I are sharing our opinions. And we got kicked off of the platform last week for whatever it was that we said. We don't know. Our goal is to have an open discussion so people can understand our perspectives. Now, Oftentimes, our perspectives are wrong. You correct me oftentimes while we're on air. I get people that in the comments send me corrections and argue with me. And then, of course, after uh, we're live, I get a bunch of messages on Instagram uh, and email and YouTube uh, with people making corrections that don't share our perspective. But I do think that everybody has a right to their own perspective. And one person who is trans sharing their perspective on the trans movement may not be supported by everybody else who is tra who is trans who is uh, trans. So there's a handful of corrections for me based off what we talked about. I will let you. You got to give me the incident, and then you have to give me kind of the setup, and then the correction. I'm just going to read the correction, and then we can discuss it. Great. All right. Well. So number one. They disagree with the idea that being trans is a belief system. People can obviously have beliefs about being trans, but also one's sense of identity predates those beliefs. So I would distinguish between one's sense of gender and beliefs about how trans people should be. By the same token, it's possible to identify as a straight dude in many elements of heterosexual identity, such as marriage, kids, etc., Okay, but I, I'd like to know the context that... <laughs> I, I, well, I, you were talking about trans being a belief system. And, and they're saying... And they're saying you, th that's not the right way to look at it. And what I would say is... It's a belief system if you expand your definition of belief system to encompass practically everything, and then like the definition of belief system becomes somewhat meaningless. All right. Um, I, I would like an actual citation of, of, of what I said in the context in, in which I said it, because I don't actually even recall uh, where that was. But I'm, I'm open to the, the next one. Go ahead. Okay. I can't, I can't combat something that... and Not that I'm also... Again, it may not be my place to combat somebody else's opinion of my opinion. Okay. Um, point B. Certainly there is a lot that I can add from my own experiences about how it impacted me not being able to transition as that hypothesis. Right. So point B is basically saying they might be willing to come on and talk about how when they were in fourth grade, they knew that they didn't want to be a boy. Okay. And how, how certain they were at the time and how they went to their parents and said, hey, I want to be a girl. And when that was said in the mid-1990s with mid-1990s parents, how that was not well received. And they can talk about how, how traumatic it was for them to have to go through puberty as a boy and develop all sorts of secondary sex characteristics 
that flew completely in the face of how they felt inside. Interesting. I think that's a very contentious. I think that's a very contentious point because the the other side of the argument, arguing basically against youth rights to transition, is their premise is that young people don't really know what they want. They don't have the life exposure nor their brains fully formed to be able to make decisions. And if you want to introduce the religious aspect, which you know I'm not religious, I'm just playing devil's advocate here, is uh, them saying it's God's will. So, and again, we're not talking about someone who's born with uh, crisscrossed chromosomes or, or uh, multiple sex organs. Uh, you know, we're just talking about somebody who is by definition male deciding they want to be female. Um, and I think that brings us right into point three, actually. All right. Go, well, go, go for point three. <clears throat> People long, like to talk a lot about genitals or chromosomes as the factors that determine gender. But hormones also play a huge role and are something we're more able to control than the two factors mentioned above. Well, we can control the hormones, but we cannot control the chromosomes. So I think... What you're saying, and I think this kind of would support the other argument, that someone that is born with XX or XY is inherently having the hormones that come along with those. And if we introduce hormone therapy, that's flying against it just because of what's going on in the brain. Well, yeah, but brain being influenced like, by external forces. I mean, I keep on harping on this, but it's possible to be born XY and be a female. Uh, and again, but that's a, a very minuscule fraction of a percentage of the population. And again, I'm not arguing, again, uh, the, the problem is I'm having both. It's difficult sometimes when we talk about these things because I'm trying to have both sides of the conversation. And it's very clear that on most issues, you fall further left uh, than I do. Uh, All right. So here, let's hit point four and then... My quick rebuttal, and then we can move on. All right. It'll be tough to, to backtrack, but go ahead. All right. So point four, continuing from the point above about genitals and chromosomes and hormones, puberty is a dividing line with irreversible changes. So if trans people are able to take puberty blockers or start hormone replacement therapy before puberty really starts to take hold, you usually wouldn't even be able to tell the difference between them and like a cis person on the same hormones. So you could have like a biological male and a biological female. And if the biological male took hormone blockers and HRT, then fast forward 10 years, you wouldn't be able to tell them apart from the biological female. Uh, Minus the genitalia, obviously not. Well, yeah. But, but, uh, but in terms of like physical appearance, like clothed. Yeah. Um, um, it, it, it definitely gets it definitely gets very tricky when you start talking about genitalia and not kind of outward uh, how someone looks outwardly. So uh, here's my response to to uh, our friend because I said I think conservatives focus on genitals because they're the most visible indicator of gender, and conservatives deliberately oversimplify the issue because allowing any nuance would negate their arguments. I, hold up. Would we say that genitals are the most visible aspect of anyone? Because I think it's pretty often we don't see genitals unless you're in the locker room. Well, true, but it's it's one of those ones where if you, if you follow their argument of saying, like, what defines gender, they would probably say, what genitals do you have? Sure, and they wouldn't ask about chromosomes, uh, right? And 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 they wouldn't ask about personal belief identity, where that gets slippery, where somebody wants to, because in in from their perspective, whether you identify as a cat and and want to walk around on all fours at work, um, or you identify as a female but you have a penis, they they can't get past the difference. But right. I, I think that's 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 the b- biggest argument that they have, and the problem is. It, it's a ridiculous argument. And, right, and that's what I was saying. Is like, it's They focus on what genitals you have is gen- genitals equals gender, and that just isn't true. And, and yeah. to a lesser extent, like chromosomes, but that also sometimes fails. So, and, that's, and the thing is, 
in order for their argument to work, they have to they have to ignore all the nuance that actually exists. Well, the nuanced aspect is, I think, really in my life, the the only aspect that has had a a large impact on me. Thinking in back, I've known people who were males who were rather female, females who were rather male uh, back in the day. I've Having lived in New York City for over a decade, I have met many people who are transgender and I have and I, also running a company for the greater portion of the last decade. Uh, I have employed people who I've spent a lot of time with who are transgender. It has never occurred to me to treat that person any differently than they wanted to be treated, with the slight exception of the pronoun uh, use of the plural pronoun they that that for me has always been a little confusing and 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 because of that i've just adapted to try to use the person's name because it's just weird for me to use a kind of ambiguous pronoun when we, we could be talking about more than one person um, but i've adapted myself in my opinion pretty well to be able to deal with that um uh, you know for me well and i think that's by and large all the trans community is asking for but but it, it doesn't. What you see in the news and the headlines doesn't feel like that. And well, because, it, because that's not interesting. It feels like it's, of course it's not interesting. But it feels like when someone makes a mistake because they're not woke enough or not accepting enough that they need to feel like they have been made a mistake and they need to be made an example of. Well, and there's a difference between a mistake because, I, like, I have yet to meet a trans person where if you use the wrong pronoun accidentally, that they just explode on you. Like, they, they've gotten to the point where they know that, that, that occasionally it's going to happen and innocent, innocent mistakes occur, and they don't get mad about it. It's, they get mad when people deliberately call them by the wrong pronouns as a form of belitter, belittling or insulting. It would be like if, if, you were, if you were in high school and, like, someone bullies you and just, like, she it calls you a she all the time just to make you feel like a girl when you're a boy. And so like, it's a form of bullying to intentionally do that. I've never met anybody who's trans who gets mad if you use the wrong pronoun accidentally. Well, you know, and, and I, think, I think what I'd like to see is that trans people have, they use their, their being the plural, they use their best judgment to decide whether somebody is doing something on purpose to offend them or uh, inadvertently doing something. And they, they let that transgressor go uh, in the event that they feel it was inadvertent. Uh, however, I don't feel like that is extended the other way. I feel that you know it's, it's oftentimes if somebody says the wrong thing, they are attacked I mean, again, I, I, again, I think that I haven't seen it play out in my own life. I just see it play out on on Twitter and, and Instagram. Right. So the thing is, when you see it play out on Twitter or in a news article or whatever, those represent such an incredibly small portion of interactions, and those probably involve one of two things. One is an individual trans person being wildly oversensitive, or the transgressor, like the person who's like using the wrong pronouns or whatever, doing it in such a way as to try to insult, belittle, or bully a trans person. So, well, this is this is what put Jordan. And I'm not saying I don't even know what the ratio of those two would be, but I'm going to say that anytime you hear about this crap in the news, it's because one person was being wildly oversensitive or one person was being deliberately insulting. And that's that's this is where Jordan Peterson rose to fame is somebody was recording him after a talk where there's a bunch of students kind of out in the courtyard and a trans person saying, you know, why are you, why are you against mandating language? And, and his, his perspective was, I don't think we need to, I don't think the, the government's role should be in mandating or restricting language. There are, there are certain rules that we already have yelling fire in a crowded theater. Um, but, you know, and again, should that even be a law, right? You know, or should that be case by case that that person's prosecuted because they caused some issue versus a blanketly making it illegal? 
but, but his argument was basically against legislating that out and that people should be able to use their judgment. But and it, it wasn't don't. really. That's and what he when they don't, And when they don't, society will, society will give them some backlash. The but, thing is, it wasn't like that was the argument he claimed, but it wasn't his actual argument. Because if you look, if you've looked at his behavior and, and the things that he has said subsequent to his rise to fame, everything points to him thinking that trans people are somehow lower than others. I, I, and I can prove this to you if you'd like. I Well, maybe we'll do it off air, but I don't think anybody, from his perspective, I don't think he thinks anyone is lower than him. That's not I just how he think acts. That some of the things that we discuss seem to be a bit petty. And just like I would never put a sign in my office that somebody needs to... Uh, that gender needs to be respected, at least at this point, because it hasn't been an issue. But uh, I would well, expect... I mean, it can just be covered by a general rule of don't be a dick. Well, and that's, that's kind of my general rule in running a business, don't be a dick. Um, but sometimes you got to be a dick. Yeah, but so, if, you're gonna, if you have to be a dick, be a justified dick. I think, I think there are other aspects of the trans movement that, that we discussed... Maybe, and, and we didn't get any, any counters on this stuff, but, uh, you know, we might have been kind of spot on. But we talked about sports. Um, we did talk a little bit about children, although there was a counterpoint to that. Uh, but I also think, you know, what's happening in Florida and a lot of the right-wing uh, kind of conversations is just nobody, most parents, especially in the right-wing side, they don't want their fourth grader being talked to about sexuality and transgenderism, uh, what, you know, whether it's straight or, uh, or homosexual, you know, whatever it is, they just, they don't think it plays any role in the fourth grade classroom. Um, and, and it gets confusing when you start introducing elements to it. But it doesn't. They're just wrong. Because well, I think it's how it's introduced. I think it's it, how. It's yeah, it may be, but th there's a difference between saying we're going to tell fourth graders every aspect in explicit detail about what it's like to be gay. Like, sure, I don't think you're going to get many people that are going to argue against that. However, having an age-appropriate lesson to talk about like gay people exist and trans people exist and and just like denying that the, 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 these people even exist and not allowing teachers to talk about it at all. Well, not yeah. Also, the yeah. I mean, like the the Florida bill, uh, which I think is now law. Yeah, it totally is, is. is. And they've expanded it all the way up to eighteen. Um, which is insane. Yeah, it, it's it's actually like in intention. I could get behind an aspect of that. Like we don't want sexuality being taught to our teens to a degree, but but. Like maybe it may not be part of the curriculum. Uh, again, we talked about like you can. The thing uh, is, like if you happens. if you're a fourth grader and you just go out in the world, there are going to be times when you're out in public just doing things, and there's going to be gay people around. But but look, and as a kid, it's natural to have questions about that because it might not fit with what you've come to expect. And if you go to school. And you're in health class or something, and you want to ask the teacher about that. The teacher should be able to give an age-appropriate and relevant response so that the kid can understand it. If the parents are unwilling to talk uh, about fair it, enough, but like, like, uh, let me ask you this: How much more have you learned out of the home than you learn in the home up to age 18? Obviously, a hell of a lot more out of the home. Uh, now, a lot of the information you learned out of the home probably incorrect. However, if you wanted the correct information, you would go to the library. Back when we were kids, the internet didn't really exist that much. You might have gone to the internet, uh, or you would go to a teacher, and the teacher would be the person that would that would fill you in. The issue now is that a lot of these topics are in transition, and while they are in transition, they become very polarized and very political. So the teacher's politics may get in the way of... You know, and they may have an agenda when they when they give you this advice. Well, there's uh, also the issue of like if you've got a teacher that's gay, 
that has a spouse of the same sex, like, the teacher can't even, like, talk about, like, they, they can't even have a picture of their spouse on their desk. It, it's, it seems, it just seems so strange to me that, you know, I would like the trans uh, conversation to get to where the gay and homosexual conversation has, has almost just gotten to, where it's, it's, it's not everyone's agenda and, and, uh, you know, front page news. If you meet someone who's gay, they're gay. You don't think much of it. Um, if you meet somebody who's trans, they're trans. You don't think that much of it. And, and you just kind of respect them for it. it I, I understand. Well, that's it, a know, great goal. But right now you've got states like Florida that are moving in the complete opposite direction Well, and that's, that are ostracizing these people. Yeah. I had an interaction yesterday. I, I, I don't even know how I feel about this yet, but I will tell you what, what happened just to share my experience while I am still digesting it. And I preface with the fact that I am still digesting it. So don't fucking crucify me for my experience because I can only share my experience from my perspective. And again, I'm still working it out. But I went to the pharmacy, stood in line. There was a dude behind the counter uh, who, as I approached the counter, kind of walked up. And I was like, oh, that's a wig. Interesting. And then uh, I noticed that he was wearing... Uh, nail polish. And then as I kind of got right up to the counter, uh, I thought he had a fake beard on, which uh, I was like completely confused as to this person's gender. Um, and given everything that's going on, I started to sweat. I had an actual uh, reaction to the fact that this was unfamiliar territory and I wasn't sure exactly what to do. We actually had a very nice uh, interchange and uh, and it was, you know, but, but it was, it was a portion of it was uncomfortable. And I think it's sad that people have to, and I'm not saying it's anything on him, but, but feeling that, oh shit, this is uncomfortable. Uh, my, my body's going to start to sweat in response to it was a strange, was a strange response. Cause I don't ever have that. I don't, you know, I don't ever get nervous in interacting with people. It's just, you know, one to the next. But this is like, fuck, I cannot fuck this up. This could go very poorly. I got to make sure I say the right things. Uh, I, I would like for the whole conversation about trans just to be past us. Uh, well, we're not instructing our children about it. It just, it is a thing. If you were, if you were nine years old and you're a boy and you like other boys and you see somebody, uh, you see an adult who's in a relationship, a male adult who's in a relationship with another adult, you just say, oh, I'm, I'm like that. If you are a boy who sees somebody who's transgender, if you can tell, I guess, uh, and you decide that you are transgender, and you say, oh, that's me, that's, that's what I want, that's, that's who I am, I guess that's what I'm going to do, uh, that's fine. But, but again, it is this, um, it's, I, I find, especially when the youth uh, gender affirmation surgeries and hormone therapies, things like that. That's maybe not surgeries, but hormone affirming therapy. Uh, that's something I'm, I'm not quite sure on. Now, the person that we mutually know shared their opinion kind of disagrees with me from, from their perspective, saying that they wish they had the opportunity to do this from basically age nine. But, you know, and then, and, and then maybe if we, if we, depending on where we land on gender affirmation surgery in uh, six years or 15 years, maybe we revisit the conversation on sports. So, hold on. Uh, hold on. Talking about your experience from yesterday, my mind is drawing an analogy here, and it's not that far-fetched. Okay. So your, intera your, your, inter your inter blah, interaction started off awkward because it was unfamiliar and new to you, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So going to draw the line here with racism where imagine and you you've been raised racist okay okay so and so you wouldn't know I, 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 okay. I'm, I'm not saying that's a good thing i'm just saying like for this thought so like in in when uh when you have conversations with people that were raised racist and were able to break out of it what you'll hear almost unanimously from them as to 
if you were to ask them, what helped you cure yourself of your racism? The answer is almost always exposure. Exposure, exposure of course. Like if, you're, if you're a racist white person and you make a point of trying to, inter- and, 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 and you don't like black people, and you make a point of saying, I'm going to go and talk with black people and I'm going to interact with black people. What happens is you realize they're just like anybody else. And you're like, well, that was really stupid of me to hold beliefs about what these people are like. They're just like anybody else. And like there was, I think it was from like the 1950s or something, a guy that was in the KKK I'm familiar started with hanging out with like black people and especially like civil rights leaders. And just to see, like, what is this all about? And he came out of him like, KKK's just fucking stupid. <laughs> and, like, ended up becoming, like, a really good ally for, like, the civil rights movement and black people's rights. And yeah. so the reason why you felt uncomfortable initially well, interacting so- with the person that was trans is because you don't have that many interactions with well, them. Well, but here, here's the issue is I actually do. I've, I've worked side by side with trans people uh, for years. What my concern was, was this person is ostentatiously in in this transition. Uh, you know, maybe this is they're not they're in the transition, but they're they are they are non-binary. Okay. And, okay. So, the, for lack of a, for actually the best phrase is probably they're non-binary, and I. <laughs> I was afraid that that the the interaction was just going to go south fast. Not not that I expected it to, but I was just I was afraid that you, you know, just didn't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to say the wrong thing, and and I, and I don't think that feeling is going to be around for long because I think I think we'll get there somewhere with trans. Now, obviously, and and I want to move on to shower thoughts because we're halfway through the podcast, but we're in this transition stage. Issues like uh, youth gender affirmation, hormones, and sports issues, those are kind of some of the bigger issues that we have to work out. Um, but so one thing um, that our friend said about like youth treatment and everything like that is science hasn't really had enough time to really do the comprehensive studies that needs to. And so they would, they themselves would say like, yeah, we need more research in this area. They themselves scientists or they themselves? Our friend. Okay. Yeah. And they themselves, our friend would say there needs to be more scientific studies on this one to make sure that we're not harming anybody, buddy. And two, to find the optimal ways to treat these things. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I completely agree. I want to. I want to move on because I love this shower thought. Yeah, yeah. We can. Uh, we can do a hard pivot. And yeah, but but I'd like to have. Uh, and and you're going to have to appeal to this person. Uh, I I love to have this person on, uh, and and just see where the conversation goes. When we were actually doing the uh, trans episode, I reached out on the fly to some trans friends, uh, but nobody picked up and, and joined in. They didn't see the message until it was it was too late. So I really, really, really would love to have uh, anyone who's trans join. I don't mean somebody who has a perspective on being trans uh, or as a friend who's trans. I'd really like to have some trans people on. And again, this is, this is <laughs> I was about to say this is a safe space to have conversations, but honestly, it's not because some of you motherfuckers that listen to us uh, really attack the shit out. <laughs> All right, let's hit this first shower, shower thought because it's wrong in a bunch of ways. Right, so let's talk. Let's just reintroduce shower thoughts. Shower thoughts uh, are those miniature epiphanies that you have when you're in the shower. Why? Because you're not listening to a podcast. You're not watching YouTube. Yeah, it's sensory deprivation. You're just your brain gets to work finally, and then sometimes you just have these mini epiphanies. Uh, so this re- first one, it just makes me mad because the person who wrote it is stupid. <laughs> I like I, I, you can't preface them. The, the, I'm going to. The post is homeowners insurance increases as the value of the home increases. However, auto insurance doesn't. You know, when you buy a house, it appreciates. When you buy a car, it depreciates. However, auto insurance doesn't decrease as the value of the vehicle diminishes. Diminishes spelled wrong. <laughs> them images um i now i read this i'm like oh shit they're spot on the house value goes up your house insurance goes up that kind of sucks 
if you you know if you have a 10 year old car and you've had insurance on it for 10 years pretty good chance your insurance probably didn't decrease yeah but first of all insuring a house insuring a car are two very different things uh, let me, because hold on when you're the driver huh when you're insuring a car you're insuring the driver you're also insuring the car if you've got a uh, collision it's mostly a liability issue right so it's like you you've got your liability and your collision your liability is going to be based on you as a driver now the type of car that you drive might change your liability insurance because if you're driving a 93 Ford Escort or you're driving a 20 like a 2018 Corvette like those two cars have like statistically the people that drive the Corvette are more likely to be taking risks than the person driving the 93 Ford Escort. So your liability is going to be higher based on the kind of car you have, but that's because they have tables showing that certain cars are riskier, like attract riskier drivers. Yeah, they're not saying a ranch home relative to a colonial home is is riskier. But um, also, with as far as collision insurance, where you're insuring the value of the car, that actually does go down in cost as your as your car value decreases. I, I, I was literally going to say that if you were to shop insurance policies two years after you got your car, you would notice that the offers that you had were lower offers because the car so the replacement value of the vehicle decreases and that's your collision portion of the insurance but the liability portion is what is based on on you as the driver yeah um, and, and so but like talking about like homeowners insurance or like when was the last time you heard about someone's house crashing into somebody on the street uh, again, I mean, maybe if you have a mobile home you but... know, you know th those Victorian houses can be quite vicious James yeah with the steep staircases right so uh, it's just like whoever wrote this doesn't understand anything about insurance or actually spelling um all right you want to hit the next next one on the list here uh, i'm going to scroll down to one that i like all right then i'm going to hit the next one due to inflation one day a banana will really cost ten dollars and this joke won't make sense anymore <laughs> yeah um I don't know. I, I think the joke will still be funny when, when you get the context of when it was when it was made. Uh, um, they, here, this one I don't like either. For how commonly red and blue are used to represent hot and cold, you never see purple to represent the middle. I've seen it before. I, yeah, I, my kitchen sink uh, gives me a little purple indicator. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, some of these are dumb. I'm gonna see. I'm waiting until I can find a, a good one. Well, okay, um, I'll give you this. Red eye in picture in, uh, has quietly vanished from our lives. Most video cameras and, and iPhones and Samsung cameras um, are able to edit out just the kind of, I guess, maybe the AI of, of the the camera to edit out red eye. But also, we're not using flash as much as we used to. I like this one. <laughs> Hipsters truly were boycotting Bud Light before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, drinking, that one's actually pretty funny. Drinking IPAs. Um, let's see. Uh, or PBR. Do you, you know that the end of this? So maybe you don't, but like a year and a half ago, you told me you got priced out of PBR. Mm -hmm. And uh, the last uh, uh, six seconds of this podcast are just that quote every single really? episode. <laughs> yeah. I love PBR, but I just got priced out. <laughs> something, something along those lines. If you are subscribed and you're not listening live, you will catch it at the end of this podcast. By the way, if you are watching us live, make sure you subscribe to Sip Talk Podcast, YouTube, uh, or any uh, any audio podcast platform. You'll be able to listen to us. You won't be able to see our pretty faces. Before the technology was discovered to know if a person is dead or in a coma, someone might have been in a coma, but everyone thought they were dead, so they were buried even though they were initially alive. Uh, well, everybody was initially alive, but uh, <laughs> but they were buried even though they were actually alive. Um, um, so yeah, in like the 18th century, a lot of like graves, like they would actually install like a pole cord into a the bell. casket and would, a bell. Yeah, that's, I, was, I was just going to reference that as well. Um, that sounds fucking absolutely terrifying, but... That was, yeah, every once in a while, they, they exhume a body and they see like fingernail marks on the inside of the uh, casket. Just, just think about how they came to that realization. 
right? Like if you just buried someone alive and they and you put them under six feet of dirt, you're never hearing from that person again. And unless you go and check, you would never know that they were buried alive. However, they must have been, this must have been a point in time where they were exhuming tombs and exhuming uh, graves and digging up coffins and opening them and realizing that, holy shit, this person was buried alive. And it must have happened not just like once or twice here or there. There must have been somewhat regularity to it. My guess is maybe there was a sickness or some, something that was putting people in almost a death-like state, a deep, deep coma well, state. The thing is, medical diagnosis of death can actually be kind of tricky. Well, I mean, just think about somebody taking very slow and long, long, slow breaths because they're in a deep slumber because they're they're sick or whatever reason, or they're or they're fucked up and just really drunk, um, or they're on some medication and they are completely unresponsive. So that's why they. Ha I mean, just think to tell if somebody was dead for many years, they put a mirror up to their mouth and their nose. And you had to have the right humidity, the right... Oh, yeah. Can you fog a mirror? Yeah. You had to have the right uh, conditions weather-wise to even have that type of humidity make an impact yeah. on the mirror. Some people to this day use that as like a, a dating test. What's that? They put a mirror up to somebody's nose to see... Yeah. That? Yeah. If they can fog a mirror, they're dateable. Uh, is that what happens to you? No. My uh, standards oh, that's are your, a little higher. your test. If you're, if you're under 110 and you breathe in this mirror and, and then, but if you're under 110 pounds you could just be a corpse because mm. james uh, james requirements to be data are very actually that makes me think of one of my favorite lines from the onion um this is like a week after anna nicole smith died and the onion article was anna nicole smith finally hits target weight <laughs> so fucked up <laughs> I like Anna Nicole Smith. I mean, I, and I, I there's, I think there's a new documentary on her. I, I recently saw a preview, uh, and I was like, I, I was thinking to myself, is that OJ's wife? No. Uh, no, obviously. Uh, um, here, I like this one. Given how often wands are dropped in Harry Potter, it's surprised that they don't have. Surprising, they don't have wrist straps fitted. I did see. I've never seen Harry Potter, but um, I imagine wands must be dropped quite a bit. Uh, so. Just so for some reference, I have been getting in bed at night, taking a melatonin, and then pulling out my iPad and reading sh reading through Reddit shower thoughts um, until I until I get too sleepy to hold the iPad up. So that's how I stumbled across shower uh, shower thoughts. The Netherlands, the Nether World, and the Nether regions have nothing to do with each other. So the Netherlands. I don't know. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? Uh, is that in the Netherlands? Yes. Okay. Because uh, some would peop some people would say Amsterdam is another world. It very much has to do with nether regions. <laughs> and it's in the Netherlands. Um, uh, I don't know exactly what region is the Netherlands. I, I, I would I mean I could the I, Netherlands I, I, is, country. is it? I did Yes. I, no shit, really? Yes. I had no idea. I, I I just thought it was a region. I thought it was a nether No. No, it's a country like Germany or Poland. Dude, fucking insane. The Netherlands is a country. When you think think about the Dutch, like that's the people of the Netherlands. When you think about Holland, that's like a state in the Netherlands Holland? or a region in the Netherlands. Holland is not a country. I have not really. Yes, really. I was today years old when I learned that. Yeah, twenty twenty three. It's good that we've got this recorded because otherwise you'd be denying it. On top of us having it recorded, I'm glad we're streaming this live. That makes me feel great about this. Um, awesome. Uh, all right. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, keep on going. Uh, Storm. So, again, Star Wars reference, another movie that I haven't seen, just like Harry Potter. I've never seen a Star Wars movie, by the way. Uh, Stormtrooper armor is pretty useless. One hit from a blaster and they go down. They might as well just wear normal lighter clothing. And yeah, that's not true though. If you read like if you want to get like deep into like the Star Wars geekdom or whatever, like the Star Wars like the Star Stormtrooper armor actually is really effective. Oh god. And also like the stormtroopers are also like actually this is a cool conspiracy theory um in Star Wars is so like 
if you read like the background lore of Star Wars, like all the stormtroopers are actually like really elite soldiers that have incredibly good aim. And so the conspiracy theory goes that like in the first movie, especially when like they're escaping from Tatooine, it, like and they're running onto the Millennium Falcon and getting shot at. Um, and like, you know, the stormtroopers are missing left and right. The conspiracy theory goes that they were actually instructed to miss because Vader knew that it would eventually that they that they were going to be going to him, and so by not shooting them there, it would allow Vader to like get them on the Death Star. Um, yeah, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Nor did I know you were that in in depth in the world of Star Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars or Harry Potter? I didn't know you. you were... uh, I'm not big on Harry Potter. Like I, I, I've seen like half of one of the movies and read three of the seven books. I've seen like half of a Star Wars movie. Um, but uh, my roommate is big into Star Wars and stuff like that, so we've had plenty of time to have conversations you know, about that. I'm, I'm not surprised that there are people close to you in your life that are big Star Wars fans. Not many people are. Um, Not surprised, that is. Uh, is <laughs> Mount Everest is haunted by the most fit ghosts compared to anywhere else in the, on Earth. Um, or potentially the most rich ghosts. Uh, we are still monkeys that live in... Just cut the trees down and reshape them into boxes. Um, here, this one, this one actually is like existential. Some people are terrified about what comes after death, but really chill about what came before life. Well, if you're an existentialist, you see the two as the same. Um, yes. Actually, you know what? I, as you brought that up, I, is the last sentence, if you're an existentialist? No, that's, uh, my, that's yeah. my commentary added. Yeah, I actually, that's funny, because I was like, oh, no, it's basically the same shit. Um, in most video games, the Earth really is flat. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. Dogs must really think we care about our toilets, given it's the only thing we mark as our territory multiple times throughout the day. <laughs> it's funny because you are way deeper in this list, and this is a shit that I've been reading over the last last couple of days, uh, sitting in sitting in bed late at night on melatonin. You spend your life gathering people for your funeral. I've always thought that. I've always thought, like, look, motherfucker, you're going to show up at my funeral, uh, but that's only because I'm <laughs> traumatized as a kid. Oh, like. I've already said that, like, I want my funeral to involve, like, me packed into a 50-gallon drum with as much fireworks as you can fit in there. I want my funeral to be awesome, man. <laughs> like, funerals are lame. It's just, like, a whole bunch of people, like, sitting around, like, a wooden box and being mopey. Screw that. I want my funeral to be a party. I want people to be, like, staggering out of there because there was so much liquor that they couldn't say no. And at the end of it, you get a giant fireworks display. Who's showing uh, up to that funeral? Uh, then you better start planning it, man. You better start sending um, invitations. Yeah, I, I had a conversation with my my now ex girlfriend about that, and she says there's absolutely no way you're doing that. <laughs> so it's my funeral. I mean, all, all you're asking people to do is have some drinks and watch a fireworks show. I don't think that's that. that well, really she thought that it would be disrespectful for me to be blown up in my funeral. I'm like, I'm already dead. Like, we might as well give the people a show. Not if that's what you wanted. Yeah, um, I, li I like I like this one. Cars are kind of the loading screens of life. Mm. I just think about all the time you spend in the car waiting to get to what you need to do. It depends, though, because like the loading screen's a mini game. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, just sure. Just like when you watch the uh, intermission at a drive-through movie theater, uh, a drive-in movie theater, um, it can be entertaining. Especially if it's that 1960s hot dog, popcorn type dance. Um, what do you have next? I'm working on it. Uh, I got one for you. Insect exterminators have the highest kill-death ratio of any other cross-section of the population. I'm trying to find good ones. Well, I think they're all good within their own no. To agree with them every year there is a day of that year that will eventually become the anniversary of your death in the coming 50 years we need to figure out where to put 8 billion dead bodies I don't see that as much of an issue um, I don't know that that maths out it probably doesn't no I don't think it does because uh, I think you're likely going to have I mean 
probably less actually. Although I mean I don't know. You're, you're I mean, it's still a lot of dead people, but I, I I'd actually love to fucking math that out with like real stats when it comes to infant mortality and uh, people that live longer than fifty years, which is the vast majority of the population, which is going to trend that uh, to be below eight million, and then the younger deaths under fifty years. Actually, it's got to be less than if the average. Uh, age is over 50 years, it has to be less than the current population. I like this one. Thank you for engaging in my 23 point. years later, we still don't know who let the dogs out. Mm. <laughs> we do not. Do uh, you know what that song is actually about? No, but I, I've never seen the music video either. Uh, I haven't either, but it's about like when you're in a dance club and like a whole bunch of ugly people walk in. No shit, really? Yeah. Um, ancient civilizations must have perceived the sun and t- the moon to be the same size due to their similar diameter in the sky. I think that makes sense. Um, fear of death is the ultimate FOMO. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if you're afraid to die because you want to continue to experience life, you don't want to miss out on it. Um, after someone has amassed a billion dollars, money starts to feel worthless to them because there's practically nothing they can't afford. Yeah, which is why I've said many times before, tax people, once they make a billion dollars, at like 99%. And if they complain, you can send them like a fancy plaque that says, congratulations, you won capitalism. We talked about this before when I brought up the, one of the original iPhone apps that was just a red dot. Oh, you are rich. Yeah, the you are rich app. Uh, every spring, our bodies, the result of billions of years of evolution, freak out because flowers are having sex. Is that an allergies joke? Yeah, allergies, pollen. Um, here, this one I disagree with. Hair is only gross when it's not attached to someone. Disagree. Uh, and in what case would it not be gross disattached to someone? No, no. Hair is only gross when it's not attached to someone. So you see, like, hair, like, laying around somewhere. That's gross, sure. But people that have hair in the wrong places, that can be pretty gross, too. Okay, but come up with an instance where hair unattached to somebody would not be gross. Oh, I'm not. I'm not arguing against that. I will, here, here, here's the argument I will make against that: is basically any animal product that you have, whether you know, I have like a badger hair shaving brush. Oh or, yeah, that's not gross. If you get a horse hair bag, that's 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 a fucking five thousand uh, dollar weekender bag, duffel bag. Um, yeah, but like I think they're talking. Like, it's probably human hair, and it says is only gross when it's not attached to someone. I'm like, no, not only. It can be it can be gross when it's attached to somebody. If you've got hair growing in some weird ass place, like, yeah, it can be gross. You cannot prevent change without making another change. Um, no. Well, if change is going to happen, you got to change something to make it not happen. Um, no, you could also just say we're not doing anything. Like, if you're driving a car down the highway and it's a straight lane, and you're just driving straight, like, you like nothing will happen. Like, there will be no change if you do nothing. It's only if you turn the wheel will there be change. So it doesn't require action. Well, if, if the norm is staying on the road, if the constant is staying on the road, and there's a curve, you must make change. Right. That would be the argument at like, if we're going to take this as an analogy, as do like, well, society and the world has changed, so we can't keep on doing things the same way that we always have. Um, all right. But also, um, I think, what is it, Newton's third law, an object in motion will tend, will tend to stay in motion unless acted upon. Mm-hmm. So whoever wrote that one hasn't read past Newton's second law of motion. <laughs> Which is what, the same law? No, there's, there's. I don't remember the uh, the other two, but I know I'm pretty sure it's Newton's third law of motion that says an object in motion will will stay in motion unless acted upon. Um, 
the volume button has overthrown the channel button as the most important remote button. Well, it's because so many people stream. Yeah, I guess you're not pressing the channel button that actually that much at all. You're using now. There's a new selector arrow keys, a circular navigation button. Everyone owns a toaster, but you never see an advertisement for a toaster. I read that. I I disagree because you see like all these fucking air fryer ads and stuff. Well, there's now all these kind of mini oven ads, which are mini oven, by the way. It's a fucking toaster, morons. <laughs> but I guess if you're talking about like the toaster, where like you push the bread down and you press the, the thing down and it clicks, I, I can't remember seeing an ad. For well, we, we, have, we have like a toaster that costs like 250 bucks. It's fucking dumb as fuck, but it matches the coffee maker, uh, <laughs> which matches the oven. <laughs> so, also by the way, I found out about it because the manufacturer of the oven sent me an email, and and they're like, "Oh, find our kitchen accessories." That's why we had. Uh, life you during... dumb enough to buy it. Well, you know, I didn't want to have a toaster that didn't match. Are you nuts? Um, life during our childhood has, has never been better. It just only appears it does because as a child, we lack the understanding to grasp the actual feature of life. Well, I, I would just argue that life has never been better because you haven't had any other life. Your memory is... is very limited. Here's one that's also wrong. Chess boards don't have spare pieces for when you get a second queen or a third rook. So I have a chess set that has two queens for each side. How do you get a second queen or spare? Promoting a pawn. Oh. oh, interesting. So I have a chess set that has one of all the pieces that you need but it has two queens because the idea is you might have your queen that you started with and later in the game you promoted another queen. Mm. I uh, I actually didn't know. I, I mean, this is a, another uh, today years old situation. I didn't know that was the case actually whatsoever. Um, very interesting. And now I feel like an absolute moron. And I did watch the entire Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit. I didn't learn that. Yeah, in theory, I mean, it would be pretty difficult to accomplish this, but you could have nine queens on your board. Mm -hmm. Well, 18, no, it wouldn't be possible to do 18 because you'd have to capture pawns and stuff, but you could have nine of your own queens. Like, it would basically require your opponent cooperating with you the entire game to accomplish it, but... <laughs> which, wouldn't be, which wouldn't be a game. Uh, when you throw a rock into a lake... You might be the last person ever to touch that rock. I, I mean, I agree with it. If you if you emphasize, might be. Yeah, but it's also not interesting. Um, it's, like, see. it's a rock. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's it is. I mean, if you if you fast forward forty thousand years, it is still pretty unlikely. But who the fuck knows? Especially with global warming, somebody might be clearing that out of their fucking front lawn so their lawnmower doesn't hit it. Which, by the oh. way. I got to tell you about my lawnmower saga, how I fucked up my lawnmower for the, uh, the 15th time. Um, I'll tell you afterwards. All right, here, you, you'll like this one. Birds known to birds are known to be unable to see glass, but so are humans. We just learned to associate window frames and stains on the glass with glass. And it just makes me think of all the videos you see of people running into glass. <laughs> Which I fucking love. This. <laughs> right? I always feel bad. I'm like, oh, fuck. That must, that must have hurt. Shit. That definitely hurt. Um, oh, damn. We got a minute and a half left. Uh, all right. Give me one more. Mount Everest is haunted by the most physically fit ghost compared to anywhere else on Earth. I gave you that fucking 20 minutes ago. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. No shit, I'm aware. I was trying to read. I can only, like, that's, that's challenging enough for me. Um, all right, I got one for you. This happened to me recently. Plenty of bad news must have been mistaken for a joke on April 1st. Uh, what do you get next? Oh, um, makes me think of uh, one of my favorite BBC April Fool's pranks where they they posted a drawing of Italians har harvesting the pasta tree. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, 
All right. You got a, You got one you want to read here? Nope. I closed out of it. All right. I got one, one last one for you. Cells multiply by dividing. I mean, yeah, but that's kind of like equivocation. Um, all right. I want to thank you guys for joining us. This is Sip Talk, episode 219. Do not forget to subscribe on Facebook. I'm sorry, on, on YouTube. Also, if you divide by a, like, a fraction that has a value of less than one, you get a bigger number. True. Uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube and all audio podcast platforms. We will announce the winner of tonight's contest. Next cast. The winner of tonight's contest in the comments on YouTube to the subscribers. Uh, see you guys next time. Adios. And that's our show, folks. Thanks for coming. Come back next time. Can't wait to see you. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.